wonder lovers to your next installment of the amalgophile where we look into magic and mystery and conspiracy and nothing is taboo until it's not um usually i have ian with me but he's out today and we have our friendly neighborhood shelby croto with us and i'm jordan as you may have figured out (laughs) so what are we gonna talk about today shelby so as we were going through our long list of requests of things to talk about one of the big things most people kept requesting was mythical beasts so we're giving the people what they have asked for we're going to be talking about vampires werewolves zombies you name it Mm -hmm. our mythical beast hunter episode i guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) so where do you personally fall do you think in your um on the molder meter or the scullyometer are you more molder or more scully um, I definitely see myself as a believer in mythical beasts and everything like that, because I feel like every every lore, every creature had to originate from somewhere. So even if, if it wasn't exactly what we envision it as, it had to come from somewhere. So I, I definitely would say I'm, I'm a believer. How about you, Jordan? So you're more on the molder side. Yeah. I think I think I'm probably more on the scully side. Ooh. I mean, I'm sure that there are some that are real or have the potential to be real, but I need proof. I, I'm gonna need some more proof on on some of these. <laughs> Makes um, sense. <laughs> I, mean, I just always want to believe. I don't know. I, I I have a skeptical mind about some things. Like, I mean, the the chupacabra, I could potentially believe in the chupacabra. Mm-hmm. But some of the other things, mm, I'm I'm not so sure about. <laughs> well, I'm I'm definitely curious to see what our opposing thoughts are going to clash into during this episode. All right. Uh let's see. I know a big one we were talking about discussing was vampires. Ooh, yeah. Everyone's favorite. (laughs) So definitely when doing my research about vampires, I'm sure most people iconically visualize them sucking the life from people's bodies. And I definitely can see that going as whether they drink their blood or their life force, essentially. So either way, they're Mm. draining that life, that energy from someone, regardless of if it's blood or not. (laughs) I found in, let's see, European folklore that a lot of them, a lot of people believe that they were basically drawn back to their loved ones and the familiar things and places that they were from and all of that. And it ended up leading to a lot of mischief and death. And that was like how they explained away like multiple people in a family just dying. And mm. I thought that was kind of, I, I, I don't know. I, I found that to be more, you know, all right, we're just trying to explain away something rather than, oh, something mystical is actually happening and mm. here's the cause for it. Yeah. I mean, there there was even, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize this. Um, so kind of like the, uh, the Salem witch trials, there was like a mass hysteria in the 18th century in the Balkans and Eastern Europe about vampires. That really? was causing people to just like go and, yeah, they were going and like staking corpses and accusing people of vampirism mm. and all of oh, this. Oh, man. And I was, I was, I was kind of surprised by that because I had never heard of that. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd heard about, you know, burning people at the stake because they're witches but i had never heard of people being like oh you're a vampire we're gonna go stake you now that we we've (laughs) decided this yeah i hadn't really heard that either i know when i was doing some research i saw uh i guess in the middle ages when the plague was a huge thing and people had like bleeding mouth lesions and stuff like that that's when people started to think oh these people are vampires because they see blood on their mouths and obviously 
they look more decrepit than usual and just blisters on their skin like that gets worse when they go into the sunlight so i guess that also was a huge part in the lore that they're like oh like these people have to be vampires instead of like these people are just dying from a disease (laughs) Uh. <laughs> I, I, my my reaction to that is mm, sounds like we've got a bunch of lepers but you know all right, yeah that's see, exactly what i was thinking <laughs> i found a lot of research where people were basically saying that the reasoning for uh the belief in vampires was that you either had people that were being buried on accident that weren't actually dead but because we knew so little about the human body at that point they were being basically pronounced dead and weren't Mm. and they would either you know come back to life in their coffin and scratch up the the lid of the coffin trying to escape or they uh hit their face on the coffin like trying to sit up and Mm. basically break their nose and be bleeding and uh then others were that People just weren't aware of how the body decomposes. And they were claiming that, you know, the body swells when you die, with, mm-hmm. when you decompose. And if you, if you try and stake the body, <laughs> it'll, it'll leak fluids and it'll mm-hmm. leak gases and makes noises. And people were thinking that these were signs that this had been somebody that was alive that they yeah. just staked and killed because it wasn't their relative anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because people were so pale back then in general, you get this like ruddy color when the blood comes to the surface and people were like, Oh, well they look even more alive now that they're dead than they did when they were alive. <laughs> so this must be a sign that they're still living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, Yes, must be still alive. They're, <laughs> they're out there drinking blood. <laughs> I know yes. um another huge and it thing wasn't until back like in the day. The oh, I know uh, another big thing they used to do back in the day, kind of to touch on you were saying how they thought they were burying people alive, is that they used to have the hands sticking out attached to a bell. So oh, yeah, if I've they were actually before, alive, they that- could tug on the bell. And they would realize that they had buried yeah. someone alive. So it just goes to show how much we've come yeah. scientifically that, like, it's, it's crazy how back then they couldn't tell the difference between someone who was alive and someone that was dead. Yeah, and I mean, they used to pay people a, a bunch of money to sit in graveyards at night just to listen for bells to ring. I don't think Which, you could pay me you, enough to do that. <laughs> Like, could you imagine that being your job? Like, hey, what do you do for a living, Ralph? Oh, I sit in the graveyard and I listen for bells to ring. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Yeah, no. Mm -mm. You would have to give me a fat stack of money to get me to do that, especially, like, late at night. Could you imagine just hearing Mm. a bell ring? (laughs) That, nope. Yeah, no. No, I... I couldn't do it. About about the time that there were signs of life, I'd be out of there. <laughs> be like, oh, sorry, I heard the bells ring, so I came to notify someone. You can go bear, un, you yeah, can go I'm, dig them up now. I'm not qualified <laughs> enough to do I'm this. <laughs> um, but I mean, it wasn't even till like the 1800s that the the vampires that we think of even became a thing mm-hmm. um the the handsome charismatic sophisticated vampire i mean back back before the eight the early 1800s it was like zombie time exactly <laughs> they were like gross monstrosities where nowadays we picture them as like hot guys with fangs <laughs> yeah or you know glitter or <laughs> oh, some God. eyeliner or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 1819 was when uh, The Vampire by John Polidori 
uh, was written, and that's when they that's when they really first started taking off as as these sophisticated members of of society that mm. were just the undead. Yeah, and it just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. I know uh, something I kind of um, wanted to touch on that we uh, had talked about off camera a little bit was a uh, Vlad the Impaler. I had no clue that Count Dracula was based off of an actual person. I guess he was a mm-hmm. a ruler back in Transylvania, Romania, uh, between 1456 and 1462. I guess his favorite way to kill people was impaling them with a wooden stake. And he actually liked to dine with his dying victims, and he would dip his bread in their blood. Yummy. Sounds like a uh, fantastic dinner right there. Yeah, I'm I'm just getting, like, Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> like, vibes just from hearing oh, that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's Hannibal, hard to imagine. Hannibal Lecter, if he were a ruler. <laughs> that That would be him. But it's definitely hard to imagine that that like it was based from an actual person that this was actually someone doing these things to people yeah and i mean i i want to say he had like a whole family too so it wasn't even just like this one random loner dude like he had a family he had people that followed him and like just had no issue with this Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's no mm -mm, no Oh. We, got, we got to sit at a different table or something. Yeah. So I was actually just uh, scrolling down on my notes here. I guess uh, to touch on the plague thing once again, I guess actually one of the symptoms from porphyria, which was, was what most people were suffering from during the plague, I guess it could be temporarily relieved mm-hmm. by ingesting blood. So I guess that was kind of a cure some people were trying to use to cure the plague, was ingesting oh. blood. Yeah, it's something, it's something like uh, the, uh, I can't remember what exact, what protein exactly it is in the blood. It might be hemoglobin, mm-hmm. uh, which hemoglobin carries oxygen mm-hmm. in the blood. Um, but it was basically whatever that protein was that was helping them to overcome some of their symptoms. Um, and there was actually a guy, uh, as recently as I think it was like 1985, he was a doctor and he was publishing notes about, uh, comparing porphyria to vampirism. Mm -hmm. And he basically got shut down because... The symptom, or what he was comparing vampirism was, like, the Bram Stoker kind of vampires. Yeah. You know, Dracula and Carmelia and all of that, as opposed to the vampirism from back in the Middle Ages uh, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, the bloated, gross zombie vampires. Yeah. And so they basically told him he was full of it and he didn't publish anything else after that. Mm-hmm. So I I but. definitely think when it comes to vampires, I wouldn't necessarily say I believe in the type of vampires that can live on forever. But I think the type of vampires that I believe are real are the type of people that either believe that they can live off of human blood. And I definitely can see people, whether it's like a satanic thing or some type of religious thing where they kill people and feast off of their blood. I do a lot of writing. And so my friend actually sends me a bunch of like writing prompts. And she sent me one one day and it was um, basically imagine if you were a person that had vampirism, but you didn't realize it. And so you just kept trying to like write off these (laughs) random... uh, symptoms and it was like oh I've just developed a new allergy to garlic and oh I'm now sensitive to the sun but that must be a reaction from the new allergy medicine for the garlic and oh my gosh like, all this random stuff and I sat there reading it and I I couldn't stop laughing at just the idea of having vampirism and just having no clue and just writing it off like you know oh I must be you know I'm allergic to the sun now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that 
rare, that super bloody steak looks delicious. I think I'll have some. I mean, I can't knock on a rare steak. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, neither can I. <laughs> neither can I. She sent me that, and I was I was sitting there, and I was reading it, and I was like, okay, I might not be a vampire, but I might be a werewolf writing it off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of werewolves, that is a good segue into our next like mythical beast. <laughs> All right. So uh, how would you define a werewolf so with werewolves i would definitely say i'm more skeptical on this particular mythical beast just because i don't believe someone can actually turn into an animal i think maybe some people might hallucinate or have some type of psychosis where they believe they're changing into an animal, but I don't think it is physically possible for someone to actually morph into a werewolf. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that, that summation. Um, I was actually surprised with how many people had attributed it to, like, religious uh, mm. aspects. Um, I mean, I, I found where people had basically said that they were turned into a werewolf because they were warriors of God oh. sent to earth to fight witches and demons on earth. And that when they die, their soul will be um, claimed by heaven as a reward for their services to God. Mm-hmm. And that like there were saints that were turning people into werewolves. Like uh, St. Patrick was one. St. Patrick turned, let's see, where did I write it down? St. Patrick turned the Welsh king Berticus into a wolf, supposedly. I was so surprised with how many religious uh, affiliations that werewolves really had. Um, others believed that it was that you had basically pissed off the devil. So he turned oh, wow. you into a werewolf. That, yeah. Um it was it was kind of crazy reading all of this stuff, and others believed that you know uh, the devil gave you basically a, a magical belt or girdle um, to help you transform, and usually it was in some kind of payment for like blood or human flesh, mm-hmm. which gross, but you know, yeah, you <laughs> is what it is. At, at that point. At that point, if you're if you're summoning the devil to turn you into a wolf, I mean, I, I kinda gotta kinda gotta believe that you're gonna be into some hinky things. Yeah. Um, so I know with uh with most but, of our, our lore and stuff, we date things back to like fourteen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. But actually there's a subculture of people nowadays called otherkin. Where it's actually people who believe oh, yeah. they are spiritually and socially something other than human. So there's people that identify as wolves or tigers or people that identify as elves. But it's a complete subculture of people nowadays that believe they are these animals and socially act like they are these animals. Like... Uh, if anyone's ever heard of Anthony Padilla, he did an entire video where he interviewed people that are otherkin, and it's definitely good. Check it out. Yes, I saw that. Yes. I Yeah, I saw that too. My friend sent it to me one day, and I had never seen any of, of this guy's videos, and she sent it to me, and she was like, I need you to watch this right now. Mm. And I'm like, what even is this? And I would just like to point out that otherkin is a different thing it's a different category than furries yes um, you can have other kin that are furries and you can have furries that are other kin but that doesn't necessarily mean every furry is an other kin or every other kin is gonna actually be a furry exactly um, he did do a separate video where he did like, interview you know, furries <laughs> yes i watched that one as well <laughs> Most of those people, they don't actually believe that they are, you know, a wolf or yeah. a cat or whatever. It's just people they that just enjoy dressing, like dressing up. up. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, it's basically people that 
enjoy cosplay. Cos yeah, if people enjoy cosplaying, that doesn't necessarily mean they believe they are these creatures that they want to dress up as. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was definitely an interesting thing, kind of just to throw in there, where I'm not saying these people are going and murdering people <laughs> or tearing apart human flesh. I'm just saying that there are people still around to this day that believe they are these animals. So maybe people back then that were believing they were wolves and doing these things, I definitely think it goes back to what I kind of said earlier, where it might be more of a mental thing, like maybe a hallucination or psychosis or maybe just a belief that they have where they believed they are like yeah. wholeheartedly that they feel they are these animals. But I obviously I don't believe that they actually turned into these animals. But I know we had talked about that most of the werewolves from centuries ago were actually serial killers that just went around yeah. murdering people and eating their flesh like cannibals. Yeah, like I found one that uh, it's it's actually considered one of the most famous cases of werewolf trial in history. Which, mm. like I said, I didn't realize that there were there were werewolf trials, but apparently, uh, I did not know that like was a thing either. <laughs> yeah, early fifth century in what's now Switzerland had werewolf trials, and it spread throughout Europe in the sixteenth century. Uh, peaked in like the 17th century and then finally started dying back down in the 18th century. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, one of the most famous cases was uh, this guy named Peter Stump, mm -hmm. I think is how it's pronounced. Um, there are a bunch of different spellings for his name. Uh, it was back in the Holy Roman Empire um, back in 1589. They had accused him of uh, werewolfery. That is, that is literally the term they used, <laughs> werewolfery. <laughs> Witchcraft and cannibalism, as well as uh, having an incestuous relationship with two family members. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, which one of, one of the family members was actually executed with him. Um, but they, they stretched him on, on the rack um, until he admitted that he had been practicing black, black magic since 12 years old mm -hmm. and that the devil gave him a magical girdle that allowed him to turn into basically a wolf. Mm -hmm. um, but they, and when he would remove the belt, then he would basically revert back to being a human. Um, they were never able to find said belt when they searched for it after he was uh, killed, though. Mm. Shocker, I know. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I, I gotta believe that even if the devil did give him a belt, why wouldn't the devil come and, you know, take it back? If, that, that's very if true. If he got caught. No, there's no, there's no way you could convince me that they were going to find some magic belt from the devil in this man's house. Yeah. But anyway. I'm like, I would have expected them to find, um, like, a wolf pelt that he had made personally and he was just yeah. saying was magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but basically, this man spent 25 years uh, eating goats and lambs and sheep and men and women and children. Um, like, just raw, like, just tearing them apart? Uh, yeah, apparently that's the case for the goats and the lamb and the sheep. Uh, the others, he killed and ate 14 children, which included his own son. Oh! And, and two pregnant women. Which he, he apparently ate the, uh, the babies, fetus, whatever you would like to refer to it. Uh, separately from the women themselves uh, and called them some tasty little morsels. Gross. Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's um, probably some of the most brutal stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
and he was having an incestuous relationship with his daughter and some distant relative, but the law still considered them to be his relative. Um, he also had claimed that he was having sex with succubus or succubi, uh, and they basically killed him by breaking, which if you don't know what that is, it was gross. Then beheaded him and burnt him on a pyre, which they, his daughter, along with him. They're just trying to make sure he is dead. <laughs> yeah. And this man was called the Werewolf of Bedburg. That is what he is, he's known as. Uh, but, I mean, gross. Like, I, I read this and I was like, ew, this is, this is awful. Like, this is really awful. And this man had to be mentally unwell. And they just, they didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> oh, jeez. But I was uh, um, just reading about another man, uh, Weather Burgot. I guess he was mentally ill, and he took a lot of hallucinogenic substances where they pretty much said, like, these crimes could only be committed by a horrific beast because I guess they were so gruesome. And I found that, like, I mean, I had I had never heard of some uh, ways that people believed you could become a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Like, there there was the whole wolf skin or the, the belt girdle, magic belt, magic girdle thing. Uh, some believed there was, like, a magic salve that you could rub on your body. Uh, mm-hmm. Others believed you could drink water from animal footprints or enchanted streams and it would turn you into one. Uh, in Italy, France, and Germany, they believed if you slept outside on a Wednesday or a Friday during the full moon and the full moon shined directly on your face, you would be turned into a werewolf. <laughs> so that means all the people yeah. that have gone camping or anything like that are werewolves. Only... Only if the full moon shines directly on your face. <laughs> oh, it has to be the face. <laughs> yes. As long as you're under, you know, the treetops, you should be okay. <laughs> Note to self, people. Make sure you sleep under trees. Don't let the moon touch your face. <laughs> Cover your face in one of those, those sleeping bags that has the hood on it. All of that. We don't, we don't need any more wolves. Yep, no more. <laughs> and also, the, the Roman Catholic Church believed if you were excommunicated, you turned into a werewolf. Oh my goodness. I was like, that's okay. That, that's a scare tactic if, I, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Stay here or become a wolf. It's your choice. <laughs> So, would you like to segue into our next topic? Zombies? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say they're a mythological beast. More so, they are a scientific curiosity, I would say. That's a, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> so, are you, are you of the uh, belief of uh, some kind of disease or... Are you more of the, uh, just, they're just the walking dead? Um, I definitely am a believer in zombies. Um, I know there's this certain type of plant that I know is able to, like, control dead animals. Like, I know that would, like, usually insects and stuff like that, but I know there's also some actual real reported cases uh, in some medical journals. Uh, I know one of them in 1997, um, there was three verifiable accounts of zombies. I guess one was a Haitian woman who appeared to be dead and was buried in a family tomb, only to reappear three years later. And they... They, an investigation revealed that her tomb was filled with stones, and her parents pretty much agreed to admit her in a, in a hospital. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine, like, 
burying a loved one and then three years later they just show up like i i was expecting you to tell me like you know the woman showed up like 12 hours after she was buried or something but three years mm-hmm. that's a long time to be dead essentially and come back there's actually I mean, uh another haitian case uh a man had entered a local hospital in 1962 and he uh, slipped into a coma and was declared dead and was buried shortly after. 18 years later, a man walked up to this man's daughter in a village insisting that he was her father. Mm. And mm. all his family members and the townspeople and the doctors identified him as this man. He claimed he had been buried alive, then dug up and put to work in a distant sugar plantation. So, what I'm hearing is, A, I'm not going to Haiti. (laughs) I know, both of these cases are from Haiti. (laughs) No no offense to anybody that's Haitian out there, but I really really don't want to become the walking dead. No, Um, it might be something in the water. Yeah, and B, also, do we need to be checking out these sugar fields that are employing dead people? Uh, Exactly. Why are they digging up graves in the first place? Yeah. Like, are are we, are we we recruiting? Uh, I'm like, do, are they doing some type of, like, voodoo magic? (laughs) Like, what, what are they doing? Oh, that's that's a thought. I mean, mm-hmm. voodoo. I've heard a lot of stories about where voodoo's been able to use to bring corporeal bodies back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily has the soul in it still, but yeah, I definitely uh, body. When I look up zombies, one of the first things that come up is voodoo, because I guess uh the religion's mainly based in. West Africa, and it is practiced in Haiti as well. So that I'm, it is. I'm starting to think maybe some voodoo stuff is going on over there, and they're making zombies. We've mentioned it on a couple of our episodes already, where we've brought up voodoo and the magical properties of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just brought it up actually in the in the ghost episode, uh, but that would be an interesting thing to look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know um also there's uh this tradition practice in voodoo called a bokor. So I guess they take herb, shells, fish, animal parts, but the main thing that they take is a uh, tetrodotoxin. I hope I pronounced that right, but it's a a neurotoxin found in pufferfish. So that's why people Is it the thing that paralyzes you yes i guess uh if you take a sub they have to be really careful yeah if you take a sublethal dose it may cause zombie-like symptoms like difficulty walking mental confusion respiratory problems and i guess high doses can lead mm. to paralysis and a coma and this could cause some people to mm. appear dead and be buried alive and then i guess then later revived <laughs> Yeah, but how how long would that last? I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's not 18 years. <laughs> no, definitely not 18 years. I'm not I'm not sure how long those effects last. I'm assuming like most things, maybe a few hours. I would assume, but I mean, if it's a de- a, ugh, a lethal dose, I assume probably a few days. But I mean, I I couldn't imagine someone pretty much slipping into a coma and being presumed dead and then being revived. <laughs> I mean, that that's scary to me. Uh, I mean, especially when you hear about people that have like, uh, what is it called? Like locked in disease or whatever, mm-hmm. where they're essentially in a coma, but they're still fully conscious. Oh yeah. See what's happening around them and can feel things, but they can't, move can't respond i know there's anybody know that they're in there i can't remember what it's called but actually uh during surgery uh some people whenever they take the 
the sleeping agent to knock them out during surgery, some people don't get knocked out. They're laying there pretty much paralyzed, able to feel absolutely everything during surgery, but they can't move, speak, or anything. I, uh, um, one, wa- one of my a- friends, one of my friends actually, uh, she, she can still move and still talk and all of that. But when they give her anything, uh, when she has like surgery or anything like that, she is still fully conscious. Uh, it doesn't help with any kind of pain or anything. Um, she actually had a C-section with her daughter and that's how she found this out. Uh, because they, they tried to numb her and nothing happened. And so they decided they were going to just knock her out to do the C-section. And they started cutting and she was like, mm, mm. And they were like, what's all that noise? She's like, I'm, I'm over here still. I can feel all of this. And they're like, uh, you're not supposed to. And they basically just had to do it really quick because there was nothing they could do to prevent her from feeling it mm-hmm. and being conscious for it. And I was like, that sounds awful just horrible i could not imagine i was watching this video uh this woman that had experienced this i guess she was in surgery for eight hours and she was talking about how she felt them break open her rib cage and i'm just like Mm. just imagining that type of pain i oh my gosh so when i think about Um, zombies and these people that are being put into that state like a part of me thinks is it similar to these people where they can still feel everything or are they completely numb from all those senses Mm. i i would hope for their sake that they there's there's nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it's just you know an animated body and there's there's no consciousness left to it if that's the case yeah, I'm like, uh, when it's my time to go, I hope that is it. Do not bring me back. <laughs> I yes, do not want to exactly. feel the pain. <laughs> exactly. Do not um, try and, I, like, it, it kind of reminds me of that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she mm. dies and they bring her back. And she's like, I was happy. Why did you mm. bring me back? That would be me. Don't bring me back. <laughs> Yeah, I I should have brought it up when we were on the topic of vampires, but I instantly my mind goes to Vampire Diaries because I just started that series. Oh yeah. But I know during that a like you see a man die and he comes back and I'm just like nope cuz then like he like the wounds aren't healed so you still have like a hole in your chest. Can you imagine oh. how painful that would be? <laughs> Yeah, no thank you. Oh. Like just keep me Ugh. dead, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 bring me back. Just, yeah. Just let me just let me be in peace or perceived peace or whatever. Mhm. I no. I don't I don't need to be resurrected. Yeah. This is an Easter. Mhm. So, one thing I did want to bring up is our favorite mythical beast because there is a huge plethora from around the world from different walks of life lores different mythologies but jordan what would you say your favorite mythical beast is and why um, i'd say one that always really interested me was just the the whole idea of shapeshifters in general, which mm-hmm. it kind of you know ties back to werewolves because you're shapeshifting from a human to a wolf. But I just always thought that that was so cool. The idea that you know, I mean, you have ones that are like, I guess, kind of like lycanthropy, where they can turn from a human to an animal, or you've got the ones that are like a human to another human, and I don't know. It always just fascinated me that that idea of being able to just change something. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good. That's a good choice. 
and I'm and perhaps that's why I'm always so uh, intrigued by people that you know do this like makeup magic where they can change everything about their features to look yeah. like something else. Mm. Like I mean, I mean, even you doing your your body painting thing, I'm like that is so cool. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're like a living, breathing. Sh- shifter to me <laughs> that, that is definitely one thing I love about body painting is like you can just turn yourself into whatever it is you want do you have a favorite I do so I would say mine is probably the Kraken probably oh. probably because I've I'm always a huge like fan of just the ocean and marine life in general and the more research I did into the Kraken, pretty much people believed that they were like these giant squids that were 40 to 50 feet in length. And I did more research. They are real. Yeah, there there is a yeah. giant squid. Uh, yeah, there is but... a colossal squids, and they are 46 feet. So... Yeah, when I think uh, about the Kraken, now I'm like, okay, so they are real. <laughs> so I could be killed by a giant squid. <laughs> yeah, they actually did a, a documentary about it uh, back, I don't know, it was probably like 94 or something like that, uh, where they actually got footage of these ginormous squids and discovered them officially. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's definitely... Cool one thing I like, especially when we talk about mythical beasts, because most of the time there's not proof. This is, like, definitive proof, like, yes, there there are giant squids, and they would probably eat you whole. Yeah, like, uh, Ian and I talked about uh, some kind of shark. Uh, something, Demona, I think is what it was called. A Demona Tiburon, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, basically, it, it translates out to the demon shark. Uh, oh, and he was he was watching some kind of documentary on it, and it's this giant shark uh, off the Isle of Cortez, I think is what it is. And uh, I mean, I could totally believe that a giant shark or a giant squid are real. Mm. Um, I mean, it's something like eighty percent of the life under the sea we've never even seen. So I could absolutely believe that things in the water are real. <laughs> I I agree. Um, there's actually a, an animal called a lamprey, and they're also known as, like, the vampires of the ocean. They're essentially just this long eel with just an entire circular row of teeth, and they just latch onto you, and they just suck your blood, and it is so hard to, like, detach them and if anyone's ever watched river monsters they actually did an episode and the guy that's going around looking for these animals he actually stuck one to his arm just to see what it would feel like and he just had like a huge circular bite mark from putting one of these on that's gonna be a no thank you for me um (laughs) (laughs) that's a big no Yeah, I'm and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm just imagining like the sandworm from Beetlejuice. Oh, I mean they're uh, with all the teeth. <laughs> they're definitely horrifying. I did a school project on them and they they're just nightmare fuel. <laughs> always, always good to not be able to sleep at night because of. Thinking random about random worm eel things with ex- giant teeth. Exactly. That, uh, I guess, like, they can get a couple feet long, but they're also super small to where they can swim into one of your orifices if you are in the water. Oh, oh lovely. There's actually a couple cases of people dying because they swam up them. Oh, that, ooh. Nifty that, fact uh, of the day, people. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just imagining that right now. Like, so how do you <laughs> die, Jim? Well, I'd really rather not talk about it. <laughs> you don't want to know. My manhood was violated. 
by some kind of sea creature. So with a lot of teeth. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound <laughs> pleasant at all. Um, another one that I always found pretty interesting, uh, which we actually had on one of the recent um, Fantastic Beasts uh, battles, was the Boktok. I think Ooh. that's how you pronounce it. Um, it's from, I believe it's Islamic lore mm-hmm. or Arabic lore. Um, and it's basically, it, it gets chalked up to, uh, it's a sleep paralysis demon. Oh. It sits on your chest and basically paralyzes you. And that's what causes people's, uh, sleep paralysis at night. That is horrifying because I do have sleep paralysis. So that freaks me out. (laughs) It's basically, it's supposedly like sitting on your chest and like sucking out your life essence kind of you know vampire like but not Mm. with blood Mm -hmm. um and that's what keeps you paralyzed um and supposedly they're really hard to kill um it's something like you have to have a special blessed dagger dipped in sheep's blood and turn it counterclockwise and i mean geez yeah which I'm actually kind of surprised with how many lore uh, believe that to destroy something, it has to have, like, lamb's blood. Um, Hmm. Which I guess that kind of goes back to the idea of the lamb being, you know, pure and innocent and Mm -hmm. uh, tied to God and all of that, and that's why. But, yeah, there, there are quite a few, like, jinn supposed to use like sheep's blood on I don't know a white oak dagger or something random like that mm-hmm. um but yeah a lot of them use sheep's blood or you have to have some special blessing or whatever to get rid of them now people this is not an excuse to go killing sheeps and lambs for their blood <laughs> yeah I mean especially since Especially since Werewolf Dude was apparently gorging on him for 25 years, and it didn't kill him. I so. guess so. <laughs> he was still going around eating people after that, so I... It is a hoax. Sheep. It does not work. <laughs> yes, save the sheep. Yes. I'm like, just make some fake blood with some corn syrup and food coloring. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm sure that will work splendidly. I mean, maybe you could, like, trick the demons and be like, oh, yeah, this is totally lamb's blood, and it's just corn syrup and food coloring. Maybe they're dumb. Maybe they're dumb demons. <laughs> or, you know, just, just go ask your local butcher. I'm sure they've got some kind of something saved up somewhere. You don't, you don't need to go kill <laughs> sheepykins by yourself. That's true. So, for our weekly poll, uh, the consensus for people, mythical beasts are real AF, 18 votes for yes, or it's a grand hoax, fight me, four votes. So, it was a landslide of people that believe mythical beasts are indeed real. What do you have to say Hmm. about that, Jordan? Okay, um, I mean, like I said, I can believe in certain ones. Like, you know, the Kraken with your giant squid and, and the demon shark. I can, I can believe in those kind of things. Um, but I do, I do still need some proof on some of the other ones. And I, and I wonder what kind of creatures were coming to their minds when they were voting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that somebody had brought up the goat man in Maryland. There's mm-hmm. one in Maryland and there's one in Texas. Um, and I think the one in Maryland, it, like, steals people in the woods, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, that, that, might just, that might just be somebody wearing a goat mask, serial killing people, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, <laughs> um, I don't looking know through the, the comments, one, uh, one of the people said, uh, the Megalodon, which that kind of goes with our whole, 
giant squid and devil shark thing. I, I mean, I definitely believe megalodons yeah. are indeed a thing. It's, it's the ones that are, that tend to be more tied to like folklore, like mm. a person that I find harder to believe. I mean, even, even the chupacabra, I could, I could, I could believe that there's some kind of creature out there that's, you know, exsanguinating goats. Mm. I mean, even, even a giant bat that's doing it. I, I could believe that, but I, I definitely I feel like when it comes to mythical beasts, the ones I like wholeheartedly believe are just genuine animals. Like we're talking yes. about all those. I wholeheartedly believe that there is some sort of animal that these people saw. And I believe those are true, but I think the ones sometimes I have a little bit harder believing is when it comes to humans. Like when yes, it correlates human, with, yeah, when it correlates to humans being involved in it, I, I tend to have a little bit more skepticism with it. Because, because let's be real. I mean, humans are liars and like to exaggerate things. I mean, we like drama. We do. It, it, it's true. It's, Everyone wants to be famous. Humans like drama. Everyone wants to find yeah. the next big story. Whereas, like, animals tend to be motivated by, by simpler things. They like to protect what they have. They like food. They like love. Those are, those are the things that animals go for. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, oh, let me do this so I can get money and be famous. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Because I know there's just so many species of animals we've yet to even discover. I definitely would love to hear what people think like give us your reasons on why you believe or why you don't believe is there ones like us that you wholeheartedly believe and are a little bit skeptical on other ones i mean i i definitely want to know what everyone else is thinking yeah because i mean we had a lot of people that were asking what kind of animals and and beings we were discussing and i mean as far as i was concerned if it was something that you know Sam and Dean Winchester would go hunting. <laughs> I I would consider it in our beast beast hunter episode. Other than you know demons and angels, that mm -hmm. that I feel like goes in a different category. But like creatures wise, if they were going to go on a hunt for it, I would I would expect it to be in this episode. That makes me think of a. This one creature that I know they hunted and was actually in the video game Until Dawn, the Wendigo. I guess uh, it was like a Native American. I was Ameri actually just thinking about that yes, one. <laughs> where it's people that I guess on like that cursed land consume human flesh and they turn into these creatures. I mean, I definitely know people that get trapped in caves and stuff like that. Um, I know if you're not exposed to the sunlight, I know we've seen creatures that are pretty much albino and go blind and stuff from being in the dark for so long. So I definitely could see where that myth comes from. I mean, people that, like, just go blind and turn albino from not being exposed to the outside elements or sunlight for so long. So, I mean... I don't think they sprout wings. I definitely don't think that is a thing. But I definitely can see people that go into that more beast-like mentality when it comes to their survival. So maybe, maybe not necessarily that they are a mystical being, but they've just kind of gone feral. Exactly. I'm like, definitely similar to like the zombie-type aspect where they don't necessarily change into some creature. They more so just, how, how do I word it? Just not, not transform, but they just kind of merge into something different, if that made any sense. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. They, they basically lose themselves and become this other... I don't know, hybrid being. Exactly. Because, I mean, especially when it comes to 
your survival, everyone goes into that fight or flight mentality. And I mean, if you're trapped somewhere, you're, you're going to try and fight and find any way to survive, even if that means eating whoever was down there with you. I mean, wasn't there wasn't there a whole movie about? Well, I think it was based on a book, which was based on a true event about. A, I think it was a Chilean um, soccer team that their flight crashed and mm. they were stuck on some mountain in the snow, and they ended up the surviving members of the plane crash, which was only like I don't know five of them, mm-hmm. ended up having to eat the rest of them while they searched for. Yeah, I I do remember hearing about that. I can't remember if it was made into a movie, but I I remember hearing that story though. Mm. Well, I I know it might not have been the exact same book or whatever, but I do know that there was a movie on that had a similar plot to it mm. back in like the early 90s or the late 80s. Gotcha. Because I remember my, I remember my mom watching it, and she was like, "You need to go up to your room right now." <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's definitely a, another thing I I want to know. Like, if it came down to your survival, would you be willing to eat another person? Uh, probably not. <laughs> um, which oh, I had I had my father in law, which he's a special man here. Um, he told, he told us once with, uh, one of our dogs that we had, he was upset that we were getting our dog vaccinated, you know, like you're supposed to. Yeah. And his reasoning was, well, what happens if you can't afford to feed your family anymore? Then you can't eat the dog if it's vaccinated. And I was like, I'm not eating my dog. (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna like, go out and eat. I'm gonna go eat grass out of the yard before I eat the dog. I'm like, like I feel like I would no. much rather eat another human before I ate my dogs. That's how much I love yes. my dogs. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, no, no, I'm not eating my dog. Which, <laughs> I mean, this is coming from a man who's like a cattle farmer, so you know. Killing a pet to him isn't quite the same thing as it is to me. I mean, and they they had cows and pigs and all that stuff, and they would have them, you know, for a little while. They would name them, and I'm like, you can't you can't name something you're gonna eat. Oh, I know one of my friends. They own cows. They name them after fridges. Like they name them like Maytag <laughs> and Frigidaire. I'm like, that is horrible. Uh, when, when Spencer first moved in with me, he brought a bunch of meat that he had had stored in his, his refrigerator with him and put in our freezer. And the very first time that he asked me to go pull out one of the steaks out of the freezer, he goes, Hey, can you go pull Skittles out of the freezer? And I was like, why'd you put Skittles in the freezer? Oh. Like it's candy. Why does candy need to be? Why does that need to go in the freezer? Why is it frozen? And he's like, "No, just go pull Skittles out of the freezer." And I'm like, "I don't understand." <laughs> and I open it, and I'm like, "There are no Skittles in here." And he goes, and he comes around me, and he pulls out this steak and hands it to me, and written in big letters on it is Skittles. And I'm like, "Why is this written on this steak?" And he goes, "That's what the cow's name was." Oh. They literally were labeling all of the meat with whatever the cow's name was. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, that's I, special. I cannot. I love how we we went totally off course there for, for a good minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how we got to where, what we're talking about now. Oh, eating people. Eating people. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, since apparently everybody that believes they're a vampire or a werewolf is just going to eat little kids. So. Exactly. Also, I, I've watched way too much Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal, but <laughs> the human brain is edible. 
as long as it's cooked all the way through. <laughs> huh. For for anyone that planned on eating a brain, I'm looking at you, zombies. So that 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 gives me I have questions now. <laughs> like, uh, was it was it Dahmer who like lobotomized his victims by pouring hot water in their skull? Yeah, and like was he just acid. Trying to cook their brains? Was he just trying to cook their May- brains? Maybe so that's he what he them? was he was trying to do. He was trying to boil those brains so he could eat them safely. Mm. With some with some fava beans and little Chianti? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, and we're gonna take a break and go to our sponsors with Deadly Grounds Coffee for a minute. And we'll be back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And we're back. And so did you have any closing thoughts on the topic, Shelby? Um, I know we pretty much touched on how some mythical beasts we believe are out there. Some, it might take a bit more evidence to sway us, but I'm definitely curious to see what everyone else is going to say. Is there beasts that you believe? Did you agree with what we had to say? Did you disagree? Please give us your thoughts. Yes, and kind of like what you said in the beginning, um, some of, some of these people that we, we did talk about they may not necessarily be a mythical creature, but there was probably something going on in their head and they needed to talk to somebody. Um, I mean, even if they were just, you know, telling their friend what was going on or, you know, going and talking to their priest or something, maybe to, you know, just realign what reality was and what wasn't reality and, and, stuff like that just to get themselves straight um and I think that has a lot to do with a lot of the things that are the unknown is Mm. just that you you hear things from people that do experience something and it just gets warped in other people's minds and becomes this other entity um so do do these people believe that they are, in fact, vampires or werewolves or shapeshifters or whatever. Yeah, they, they very well may. Uh, that doesn't necessarily make it so, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, overall, I think that, I mean, it's totally believable that there are some of these things out there. Um, and other things maybe need a little bit more research before we can definitively say one way or the other that they are real or are not. Mm. Um, and perhaps some things that we deem are not real, they're just not real until we can prove that they are. Our next show topic, we have kind of already discussed on the page a little bit about uh, that one particular mystery case, but I think we're going to expand on it and just cover um, unsolved uh, deaths and disappearances that maybe got some, some publicity, but never were actually solved. Yeah. And see if we can find out some more details on them. Uh, Please Um, let us know. If there's any specific cases you want us to touch on that you think are very interesting. Or if you have any 
that you want to call in and talk to us about or send us a message. Those are always great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll also be doing the, uh, the giveaway for the uh, Ellen Ripley and the alien doll giveaway. I think that's about it for now. Um, let us know your thoughts, opinions. Uh, tell us if we're totally off base with something. Tell us if you agree. Other things you would have liked us to have explored more. Um, and I guess just stay weird, everybody.